Story Hour Audio Adventures presents Hubert and Elizabeth Chapter 4 Fire in Your Heart Okay, you ready? Ready. Elizabeth stood in the middle of a grassy meadow facing Hubert. Sweat dripped down her face and collected on her chin before falling to the ground. It had been incredibly hot the whole week, and the air was muggy and smelled damp, but Elizabeth refused to rest and hide from the sun until they completed their daily practice. Okay, go! Hubert breathed deeply, his sides bulging. Holding his breath, he shuffled in the long grass, moving to get into just the right position. His brow furrowed in intense concentration. He stretched his neck as far as it would reach and blew hard at Elizabeth. No fire erupted from Hubert's mouth. Hubert's breath tumbled past Elizabeth, rustling her hair and white cotton dress. It wasn't even hot. I think it's actually cooler than before. Hubert collapsed on the ground, and a cloud of dust rose from beneath him and wafted over to Elizabeth. I'll never get this. I'm actually getting worse. I'll never be able to breathe fire. (sighs) Have you ever talked to other dragons about this? Is there some secret to making fire? I have asked. They just tell me to breathe deep and feel the fire burning in my belly, but I don't feel fire in my belly. Well, I don't know what else to do. I'd love to help you, but we've tried everything I can think of. I'm just going to have to find someone who does know about dragon fire. Like Esmeralda. No! Yes! Do you realize how dangerous it would be? I don't care. Listen to me. Esmeralda is still dangerous. Just because she's lost many of her memories doesn't mean she still isn't crazy. She could still try to capture you and steal your wings. Or worse. I can handle her. She knows about my fire-breathing problem, and I'm going to find out what. Look, breathing fire is not that important. Look how much you've accomplished without it. And think about how much more I could do with it. I don't expect you to understand, but breathing fire is extremely important. How would you feel if you couldn't walk? Wouldn't you do anything to be able to use your legs again? To be like all the other people? Elizabeth scowled at her friend. The young girl flopped to the ground beside her dragon friend and wiped the sweat from her face. They sat in a wide clearing in the middle of the doomed forest. Every morning they secretly met in the open meadow and spent the day talking, playing, and adventuring. Each evening, as the sun set behind the trees, Hubert returned to his family's den in the mountains, and Elizabeth returned to the small village where she lived. Elizabeth picked at a small flower beside her and glared at Hubert, her face flushed. Well, I won't go with you. I don't want to see you captured or hurt. Fine. If you don't want to help, then I'll do it myself. Of course I want to help. But I don't want to... Elizabeth stopped and leaned over, holding her stomach. Are are you okay? Elizabeth looked up again at Hubert. As he watched, her face drained of color. Fresh sweat beaded on her forehead. I... I don't feel well. I think I should go home. Do you want me to take you there? No. I don't want everyone to panic should you be seen. I'll be okay. I I just want to go home. Without another word, Elizabeth turned and hobbled slowly towards the trail leading to the village. Hubert watched, concerned, until Elizabeth disappeared into the trees. He crouched down and with a powerful leap launched himself high above the forest and flew off in the direction of home. The next day, Hubert sat in the middle of the clearing, waiting. For much of the morning, Hubert watched where the trail emerged that led from Elizabeth's village, waiting for her to appear. 
Only when his tail grew numb did he shift position and lay down, long head resting on his front paws as he stared unblinkingly at the forest edge. By noon, he'd given up staring at the trail and entertained himself by batting at a pine cone, keeping it in the air. Hubert was very worried now. Elizabeth was never this late. With a twinge of guilt, Hubert thought about Elizabeth hobbling home yesterday, obviously in pain. He should have helped her somehow. What if she hadn't made it home? A cold trickle of fear washed down his back. What if Elizabeth really was sick? He had only known Elizabeth for a couple of months now, a tiny portion of his 100-plus years, but he'd never felt so accepted, so comfortable with anyone before. He couldn't imagine life without his little friend. The sun had reached its highest point and begun arcing over for the return trip to the horizon when Hubert made up his mind. He had to go to Elizabeth's house and make sure for himself that she was okay. Hubert had never been in a human village before. Dragons generally avoid them, as the villagers tend to react badly to giant fire-breathing reptiles invading their homes. The older dragons used to joke that the fastest way to find a snack was to fly to a village and light one of the houses on fire. Rather than hiding like normal prey, humans would stream from their homes like ants, pitchforks and shovels held high to attack. This made easy pickings for the dragon. At least, Hubert hoped they were joking. Regardless, Hubert couldn't simply show up at Elizabeth's house and politely inquire as to the health of his friend. He'd have to sneak in, but he didn't even know what her house looked like. Hubert frowned and stretched his wings. He'd just have to deal with that problem when it came. With a determined leap into the air, Hubert spread out his leathery wings and flew high over the forest to search for Elizabeth's home. It wasn't hard to find the village. The small town sat at the base of a range of mountains, directly beside the doomed forest. As he approached the town, Hubert wrinkled his nose in distaste. The stench of human fouled the air. As he approached the village, he dipped his wings and flew lower to the ground to prevent being seen and having the alarm raised. Quietly as he could, Hubert lighted behind an old barn. So far, so good. He had not been spotted. There were no shouts of alarm or calls for weapons or pitchforks. Hubert regretted that humans reacted so badly to the appearance of a dragon, though he supposed he couldn't really blame them. Too many times a dragon had become irritated by the humans' steady advance into their territory, or by some thief that had stolen their gold, and the dragon reacted badly. A dragon only need burn a few villages to the ground before they start to get a bad reputation. Hubert stepped carefully behind a small building. He was painfully aware of how long his tail was, how bulky his body, how easily he could be seen. He trembled at the thought of being captured by the townsfolk. Would they sell him to a circus, as those poachers had once intended, or something even worse? Hubert's keen sense of hearing caught a glimmer of conversation around the far corner of a nearby building. He carefully eased his massive bulk behind a row of houses until he came to a clothesline, heavy with damp sheets and linens hanging out to dry in the sunshine. Hubert stretched his neck and peered beneath the line of sheets to watch the two people standing at the corner. Oh, and we're all so worried. Miss LaRoche says if Elizabeth's fever doesn't break soon, she could be in real danger. She's burning up, and nothing we do seems to help. If it weren't so hot out, she just can't seem to cool down. I'm so sorry. Is there anything we can do to help? I don't think so, but thank you. Miss LaRoche has done everything she can for her. The rest is up to her. Oh, she's so sick. She's usually so full of energy, it breaks my heart to see her laying in bed. She can barely speak, but when she does, she calls for someone named Hubert. Hubert? I don't know any children by that name. I don't know either. I, I've heard her speak of him before, but I have no idea who the boy is. I wish he would come by, though. She could really use a friend right now. Hubert's heart twisted. Elizabeth was sick, and she needed him. Hubert's vision blurred as he blinked away tears. He had let her down, letting her walk home alone yesterday when she was so ill. He had to do something to help. 
He would find her and sit by her side until she was better, no matter the risk. Hubert gathered himself to follow Elizabeth's mom when he heard a screech behind him. Eh, help! Tis a horrible beast! Come to steal our sheep and eat our gold! Help! Hubert spun around to face this new threat. In doing so, a long white bedspread caught on his head and draped over his eyes. Blinded by the sheet, Hubert turned and blundered away from the sound of the screeching woman. As he ran, it called over his shoulder. No, no, you don't understand. I'm here to see Elizabeth. In his panic, he forgot that only Elizabeth, who held one of his scales in her pack, could understand his growls and snarls. The woman, only hearing Hubert's frightening growl, bellowed even louder. Desperately trying to remove the sheet from around his head, Hubert ran forward, glancing off the side of a house. Hubert winced as he heard wood splinter beneath his weight. A moment later, a deafening crash behind him told him the house had collapsed. Hubert hoped no one was inside the house at the time. Oh, I'm in so much trouble. Lumbering blindly forward, Hubert finally tore the sheet off his head. As he pulled the white fabric from his eyes, he slowed to a trot and then stopped running altogether. Hubert stood, exposed, in the center of the main square of the little town. Blinded by the bedspread, he had run from the shadows of a little building on the outskirts of the village directly into the middle of the town square. Standing before Hubert was a small crowd of angry-looking townspeople. Each carried a weapon of sorts, pitchforks, axes, and shovels, and each wore a fierce, dogged expression. Determined to protect their town from this monstrous beast, they brandished their weapons at Hubert. A burly man, barrel-chested and dirty from years of working on his farm, stepped forward. Sweat dripped from his brow as he glared fiercely at Hubert, and without turning away from the dragon, called to the other villagers. Beware his fiery breath! This monster would gladly roast us where we stand. Dragons are a cunning beast full of bile and hatred for the likes of us. He can't eat us all, though, before one of us gets a blade into him. No matter what happens, this monster does not leave the town alive. The other townspeople shouted angrily and waved their weapons in the air. Grimly, the farmers and bakers and housewives spread out, circling Hubert in preparation for battle. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Hubert longed to roar, longed to gnash his teeth and spew flame in the air, frightening the townspeople away. A normal dragon would not have considered this group of angry humans much of a threat. Simply lash them all with dragon fire and fly away at his leisure, but he couldn't do it. There was just no fire in him. Fear of the townsfolk mingled with a sense of his own shame and frustration until he didn't know who he was angry at, the attacking humans or himself. The burly leader yelled and ran at Hubert, his pitchfork raised high. Hubert crouched down, sprang into the air high above the townsfolk. He spread out his massive wings to soar away, but at the last moment he realized that cursed bedsheet was now wrapped around one wing. Hubert spun in mid-air as he struggled to stay aloft. Flapping his heavy wings furiously, he flew towards the nearby mountains, but the heavy weight of the sheet restricted his movements, and, unable to fly any further, crashed into the forest. Hubert awoke a few moments later, sprawled uncomfortably against a tree. Hubert lifted his aching head and looked around. He was alone, thankfully. None of the villagers had found him while he was unconscious. Hubert slowly became aware of an ache in his wing, and he twisted his neck to look at it. The troublesome bedsheet was still wrapped around his wing, which lay at an odd angle beside him. Hubert carefully flexed his wing, and he snarled in pain. It hurt! He didn't think it was broken, a very dangerous possibility for a dragon, but it was most certainly sprained. He gingerly stood and slowly folded his wing in beside his body. Tears welled up again at the burning sensation in his wing, and he stood for a moment, panting, waiting for the pain to subside. He wouldn't be able to fly while his wing hurt so. His only choice was to stay grounded and rest the injured wing until it had healed sufficiently to once again take to the skies. He hoped it wouldn't take too long. He had to get back to Elizabeth, find her house and stay at her side no matter what. The villagers would already be on the lookout for a dragon, 
would likely post a guard. Could he sneak in somehow? Deciding it'd be better to keep moving rather than let the villagers track him down, Hubert slowly made his way through the forest, away from the village. Hubert climbed through the forest, winding around the larger trees and simply knocking over the smaller ones. Lost in thought and miserable, he didn't notice the little flowers or oddly shaped trees that Elizabeth might have pointed out. Elizabeth always found those little details endlessly fascinating, whereas Hubert simply trudged through the forest, probably crushing fascinating things beneath his heavy claws. Attuned as she was to those little details, Elizabeth would probably not have missed the subtle sound of footsteps following quietly behind Hubert. Elizabeth, sweetie, are you awake? You need to drink some water. Elizabeth's mom draped a wet, cool cloth on her daughter's head and watched Elizabeth with apprehension. Her fever was not breaking. She was covered in sweat and tossed back and forth, fever dreams plaguing her restless sleep. She sometimes called out while she slept, shouting about dragons and princesses and wizards. Too many of those silly fantasy books, her mom supposed. Elizabeth slowly opened her eyes and stared blearily at her mom. Have you seen Hubert? No, sweetie. I don't know who Hubert is. Can you tell me where he lives so I can get him for you? Can't. Secret. Dragon. Her mom frowned. Elizabeth must have heard somehow of the attacking dragon. A real dragon in their village. And it had been hiding right where she had been standing only moments before. She was lucky to still be alive. Elizabeth's mom shuddered thinking of how close she had been to that monster. As if it weren't difficult enough watching her daughter wither away before her eyes, now she had to worry about rampaging beasts at her home. Here, drink some water. You need to try to keep cool. Elizabeth weakly lifted her head to accept the glass of water. Her mom could feel the heat emanating off her like waves in a hot oven. Elizabeth finished her water and collapsed back onto the bed, tired from even that meager effort. Her mom quietly moved from her bedside and, ensuring the window was open to catch any errant breeze that may cool her, left the bedroom. As Hubert tread through the trees, he muttered angrily to himself. The townsfolk in Elizabeth's village had really frightened him. The people in the village harbored such hostility even though they had never even met him. Just because some dragons were vicious and dangerous didn't mean all dragons were so. More than one human had tried to capture him. Those poachers and Esmeralda the witch, for example, but Hubert didn't want to blame all humans for the actions of just a few. Hubert sighed. He had to return to the village somehow. Maybe if there were some distraction, something that could entice the villagers away from Elizabeth's house for a while, Hubert might be able to slip in close enough to see her. Hubert brooded as he trumped through the forest. Perhaps he could convince Merlin to cast a spell to disguise him. Of course, he had no way to pay for such an enchantment, and he wasn't sure he trusted Merlin with anything dragon-related anyway. How could Hubert even explain to Merlin what he wanted, as bad as understanding a dragon's speech as Merlin was? Merlin would likely misunderstand him and turn him into a sea sponge. No, he had to find another way. So, focused on his woes, he didn't notice the heavily armed figure step out from behind the tree and point a strangely shaped weapon at the shuffling dragon. Hubert started when he heard a muffled thump from behind. He whirled around in time to see a thick net spring from the hunter's weapon and strike him hard on the side. The black strands wrapped around him, tangling his wings and legs. Hubert fell to the ground, landing hard on his injured wing. Hubert snarled and twisted his neck, trying to look through the thick ropes for his attacker. The figure moved apprehensively toward the dragon, his face hidden in the tree's shadows. As he moved closer and saw that Hubert was truly trapped, the figure lowered the weapon and stepped triumphantly into the patch of sunlight that dappled the forest floor. 
When Hubert realized who had finally succeeded in catching him, he thrashed frantically at his bindings, desperate to escape the net. Oh no, not again! Carstairs the poacher leered down at the captured dragon. After all this time, I've finally done it. Now, little dragon, you belong to me. Hubert dropped his head to the ground and squeezed his eyes shut in frustration. Captured again! What is it with these humans anyway? Why can't they just leave him alone? Hubert heard a chink of metal on metal and opened his eyes to peek at the poacher. Carstairs hummed to himself as he prepared a long, thick cable and a strange assortment of leather straps. The poacher carried himself with an arrogance that belied his shabby appearance. The man was dressed in an odd assortment of clothes as if he had stolen them from someone's laundry. He was tall and lean and had the wild look of a predator, and a hungry one at that. Something about the poacher was different, though, Hubert noticed. It took him a few moments before he realized the poacher had no hair. Not only was he missing the long, dirty curls of dark hair, his bald scalp gleaming in the mottled sunlight, but he had no facial hair either. His long mustache were gone, as were his eyebrows and even his eyelashes. As a dragon that had no hair himself, he thought it was an improvement, but when Carstairs noticed Hubert looking, he rubbed his bald head ruefully. Aye, you noticed the hair, do you? A little gift from your big dragon friend. When that massive beast torched us, it burnt off all my hair. Never grew back. People look at you funny when you don't have eyebrows. Another thing I can thank you for. Hubert didn't feel badly at all about the poacher's bad luck. When the poacher had tried to capture Hubert and Elizabeth before, Hubert had brought his father down from their lair in the mountains. Hubert had to talk fast to convince his father not to eat them. Instead, his father scared off the poachers by spewing dragon fire at them. Hubert thought the poachers were rather lucky to have escaped only with singed hair. He briefly considered plucking an emerald scale from his side and giving it to the poacher. If the poacher held the dragon scale, he could understand the dragon language, and Hubert could explain how lucky he was to have escaped with his life. At the very least, he could talk to him, persuade him to let him go. But no, that wouldn't do. Not only would he be unlikely to convince the poacher to release him, Carstairs would likely get an even better price for a talking dragon at the circus or wherever he planned to sell him. Imagine if humans learned they could understand the dragon's speech by just holding his scale. Hubert would likely be stripped bare of scales and have thousands of people bellowing questions at him from the safe side of a metal cage. That dark thought was interrupted by Carstairs' gruff voice. And now, my friend, we trust you up so you can't escape again. Hubert, still trapped beneath a mass of thick netting, could only watch in frustration as the poacher threaded a series of wide leather straps under the net and around Hubert's body. I've been working hard for the last few months. Do you know I lost everything I owned the last time I captured you? Thanks to your flaming dragon friend, my cages were destroyed, my crew deserted. I have nothing. Not even my hair. Now that I've captured you again, I'm going to make a lot of money off of you. I think I might start by parading you around from town to town. People would pay a lot of money to see a real dragon up close. Poke you with a stick or something. The poacher finished with the straps and stood back to look at his prize appraisingly. He wiped beads of sweat from his forehead and grinned. As Carstairs approached Hubert's head, another leather strap in his hand, Carstairs laughed, a nasty chuckling sound that sent shivers through Hubert. <laughs> I am lucky you can't blow fire, aren't I? I would have been in real trouble, eh? Well, bad for you is good for me. The poacher suddenly leaped forward, swinging the leather strap in his hand. Before Hubert could react, Carstairs had fastened the strap around Hubert's mouth and slammed it shut. 
A quick flurry of movement and a crisscrossing of leather straps and buckles, and Hubert's head was securely fastened. He found he could lift his head only enough to see in front of him, but nothing else. He had been very effectively tied, his wings strapped to the sides of his body and his legs secured so he could barely walk. Carstairs nearly danced with excitement. Wait until they see us walking into town. I will be the hero that saved their village. They'll probably give me a reward, maybe a free meal. The poacher pulled off the now unnecessary net. He reloaded his weapon and roughly pulled on a long cable to snake down from the harness on Hubert's head. Hubert had no choice but to stand and slowly shuffle alongside as the poacher strolled through the forest towards the village. Mom? You're awake! Are you feeling better? Elizabeth's mom hurried to the bedside and placed her hand on her daughter's head. She nearly snatched her hand away again as her skin was still burning hot. Her heart ached to see her energetic and excitable daughter so weak and lethargic. Trying to hide her tears, she smiled down at her daughter. How are you doing? Where's Hubert? Have you seen him? You're too sick for visitors, dear. You need your rest. Agitated, Elizabeth tried to sit up, but her arms refused to hold her slight frame. I have to see Hubert. Tell him I'm sorry I got mad at him. Tell him he should go see the witch. Elizabeth's mom frowned. She had no idea what Elizabeth was talking about, but she already didn't like this Hubert boy. What kind of friend wouldn't come to visit Elizabeth when she was so sick? Did he refuse to visit because they'd had some kind of disagreement? If she saw this Hubert boy, she'd give him a good talking to. No visitors until you're better, okay? Elizabeth had already fallen asleep. Trussed up tight and barely able to move, Hubert trudged through the forest. Carstairs the poacher led the way, leash in hand. Hubert trembled at what lay before him. The poacher was leading him back to the village. The villagers there were already convinced he was some vicious beast and intent upon destroying the town. What would they do to him, tied up and helpless in the middle of the village square? Poke at him with sticks, no doubt, jab him with swords, as humans are wont to do. Would he spend the rest of his life shuffling from town to town, enduring the hostility and ridicule of a thousand humans? A cheeky group of crows circled overhead, their calls sounding like laughter. Hubert's head sank lower, his jaw brushing the shrubs and grasses littering the forest floor. Hubert sighed. His parents would never know what had happened to him. Neither would Elizabeth. Elizabeth would be mad at him right now, Hubert was sure. She would accuse him of moping and whining like a little baby dragon. He could almost hear her voice. Are you a dragon or not? Come on, don't sit and whine. Act like a dragon. Uh, sure, half a dragon with no fire. Hubert flinched. The first time he had voiced his feelings out loud in front of Elizabeth, that without fire he was only half a dragon, Elizabeth had become more angry than he had ever seen her. Never say that. You're a whole dragon. Fire or no fire, you can still do great things. If you think you are a half-dragon, then that is all you will ever be. Act like the dragon you want to be, and no one will ever see you as anything less. You don't need to belch flame. You, you, you have fire in your heart. Hubert's stomach squirmed as he thought of Elizabeth. She needed him. She was lying sick in her bed, too weak to stand, waiting for him to come to her, and instead, here he was, walking like some domesticated cow to slaughter. Was he a dragon or not? Hubert lifted his head, straining against the leather straps that bound him. Without looking, Carstairs yanked once on the leash, tugging at Hubert's neck. No funny stuff. Just keep moving. Hubert's nostrils flared with anger, and he breathed out with a derisive snort. 
follow quietly and don't cause any trouble, walk timidly to his own execution. Hubert yanked again on the leash, and the poacher's arm jerked backwards and he stumbled. The poacher recovered quickly, and in a single fluid motion spun around and lifted the evil-looking net-thrower at Hubert. I told you not to fight me, dragon. You can't move, and you can't escape. You are only going to get yourself hurt. Now, follow me quietly before I get really angry. Hubert studied the poacher. Beneath those non-existent eyebrows, the poacher's eyes gleamed with manic fire. Hubert wilted under the intensity of that stare. He sighed, lowered his head, and resumed his slow tread through the forest. The poacher laughed and lashed the leash securely around his wrist. <laughs> I thought so. Don't cause me any more trouble. Hubert's head sank lower and lower as he trudged behind the poacher, twigs and leaves rubbing against his blunt snout as he walked. He sniffled as he tried to stem the flow of tears. He wasn't sure what made him feel worse, being captured and paraded around like a freak, or that he was too scared to try to escape. Resigning himself to his miserable fate, Hubert's head sank lower and he closed his eyes. A small twig, broken by the poacher's boots and sticking upright in the mud, suddenly jammed into Hubert's nostril. The effect was immediate. Tears streamed from Hubert's eyes and he lifted his head as a powerful urge to sneeze overtook him. The poacher scrambled to untie the leather strap connecting him to the convulsing dragon. Wait, 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 wait. Too late. Hubert inhaled deeply as the urge to sneeze became unbearable. With a convulsive shake of his head, he unleashed a mighty sneeze directly at the poacher. The poacher was lifted off the ground by the force of the exhalation, thrown backwards and smashed into a tree. Hubert heard the popping of threads as the leash broke, dropping the poacher into the bushes. Hubert stood, stunned, surprised as anyone by the sudden turn of events. Eventually, he gathered his courage and slowly approached the poacher. Carstairs lay crumpled beneath the bush, completely unconscious. Hubert couldn't believe his luck. He had defeated the poacher. Sort of. Hubert turned, and as fast as his bound legs could carry him, he shuffled down the forested trail away from the poacher. After several minutes, Hubert slowed to a stop and began ridding himself of his bindings. By edging a sharp claw under the straps encircling his scaly body, he was able to remove both the restrictive headgear and the leather straps that bound his legs and wings. Finally clear of the poacher's bindings, Hubert collapsed on the forest floor. Tucking his legs beneath him, he lay trembling for several minutes. With Elizabeth's help, he had battled witches and other dragons, but this time, alone, it was different. He just didn't know how to be brave without Elizabeth to help him. What scared him most was that he had nearly allowed the poacher to take him. Without Elizabeth to support him, he had nearly given up and meekly walked to his doom. For most of his life, Hubert had been afraid. Afraid to say what he thought. Afraid to step from the sidelines and let himself be noticed. As half a dragon, he had been reluctant to participate in dragon events, thinking himself not up to the challenge. How could he compete with dragons so much more powerful than he? Only since meeting Elizabeth had he started taking chances, taking on the challenges rather than running from them. She instilled in him the kind of adventurous spirit that bubbled so effortlessly from her. He didn't want to be afraid anymore. He wanted to be heard, be noticed, and sometimes be feared. He was a dragon, after all. Hubert stood and shook, ridding himself of the leaves and twigs that had fallen on him as he lay quivering in the forest floor. He was going to see Elizabeth. The entire town could rally forth with pitchforks and swords, but they would not stop him from being the kind of friend that would sit by her side, no matter what. Hubert lumbered through the trees towards Elizabeth's village. His long, purposeful strides carried him through the forest, knocking over trees and crashing through the dry underbrush. Despite the sharp pain in his wing, he was starting to enjoy himself. The sound of the tree's destruction filled him with energy, and he almost grinned as he uprooted a thick cedar with his passing. 
Gathering speed, Hubert burst from the trees into an open clearing and then, in a panic, desperately tried to halt his headlong rush. Hubert dug in his long claws and skidded to a stop. In the center of the clearing, shimmering in the waves of heat in the midday sun, sat a strangely shaped wagon. The wagon was large. A set of six thick wheels supported a wide, flat base. Mounted on the base was a powerful-looking crossbow. Like an oversized bow and arrow bolted sideways onto the deck, the massive weapon held an arrow nearly as long as a human. A complicated series of cables and gears stretched the bow for it to launch the long spear with deadly accuracy and speed. Standing beside the wagon, a large purple bruise coloring the side of his face, Carstairs patted the weapon lovingly. Now you see what I've been working on these last few months. I don't think I'm going to capture you anymore, dragon. No, I want much worse from you. You see, you've hurt me, dragon. You lost me my equipment, my men, my hair. I want much more from you now, dragon. I want your hide. I know some people who will pay almost as much for dragon pieces as they do for a live one. The poacher suddenly leaped on the wagon and without pause slapped at the crossbow's trigger. Hubert heard a high-pitched whirring sound as gears spun and cables loosened. Then with a loud thump, the crossbow flung the oversized arrow at Hubert. So surprised was Hubert and so blindingly fast was the spear, he didn't have time to move as the spear rocketed toward him. But the poacher had been too quick to launch the weapon and his aim was off. The spear missed Hubert. Hubert felt the wind of his passing as it lashed past him. It hit the ground only a short distance behind him and then exploded violently. The blast engulfed Hubert in flame, and the force of the explosion lifted him up into the air and threw him towards the poacher. The dragon crashed to the ground at the poacher's feet. Battered and bruised, Hubert slowly lifted his head and blinked blurrily at the man. Look at me. Now I have the fire. No dragon will threaten me again. Most certainly not you. The poacher laughed maniacally and, fetching another exploding arrow from a rather large pile, began reloading the crossbow. He placed the arrow into the breech and worked furiously on a large crank. The bow creaked as it was stretched hot. Hubert struggled to stand, but his wing twinged and he snorted in pain. <laughs> you don't like that, little beastie. The poacher struggled to turn the crossbow to aim the spear directly at Hubert. The young dragon lifted himself on shaky legs. Panic edged through him like a trickle of cold water, and he hobbled painfully towards the forest edge. Perhaps the trees might offer some protection. Hubert heard behind him the click of the trigger, and the high-pitched whine of the gear's furious whirring. He whimpered softly as that trickle of cold water turned to a flood of panic and fear. Hubert heard the twang of the crossbow as it launched another explosive spear directly at him. With a last desperate gamble, Hubert pushed hard and jumped into the air, as high as his injured body would allow. The spear exploded directly beneath him, and the force of the explosion hurled Hubert upwards. As though in slow motion, Hubert felt himself rise into the air. Agony coursed through him as he stretched out his wings. He couldn't hope to fly, his wing injured so, but the strong winds rising up against the side of the mountain pushed on his wings, allowing him to glide up above the forest. Hubert stayed close to the side of the mountain, using the updraft to ease him higher and higher. Chancing a look down, Hubert saw the poacher cranking on the crossbow and then repositioned it to point it upwards towards him. Hubert was sure he was not yet out of danger. Judging from the speed at which the weapon launched those arrows, he was sure it could still reach him. He didn't have the strength to fly higher, though, and if he glided away from the mountain, he would lose the precious updraft that was keeping him aloft. Hubert realized he might even be easier to hit in the air, as he could not move so quickly as on the ground. He was still considering his next move when he heard the whir of gears and the twang of the crossbow as the poacher launched another arrow at him. Desperately, Hubert flung himself to one side and tucked in his wings, spinning sideways as he fell. The explosive spear winged past him and continued upwards to impact against the side of the mountain. 
Two heartbeats later, Hubert stretched out his wings to catch again the updraft and slow his fall. If he could just get a little higher, he could make his way back to his lair and rest until his wing felt better. He almost grinned as he imagined bringing down his entire family to deal with this poacher. They would teach him a terrible lesson he would never forget. Hubert heard a low grumble from above, and small rocks and dirt rained down on him. The rumbling grew louder as Hubert wheeled around. He spied the poacher stock still in the middle of the clearing, gaping up at the side of the mountain. Hubert suddenly realized what was happening, and in a panic wheeled away from the side of the mountain. Hubert turned to look at the disaster unfolding behind him. A massive chunk of the rock, as large as Elizabeth's entire village, dislodged by the poacher's explosive spear, fell away from the mountain. A crushing landslide of dirt and rock slid down the side of the mountain like ice calving from an iceberg, gathering speed and crushing the trees and brushes before it. Within seconds, a tidal wave of rock and earth would crash through the clearing and flatten the poacher and his destructive weapon. For a moment, Hubert considered leaving the human where he was. The poacher had done nothing but make life miserable for him. It served him right. Elizabeth would have disagreed, however. Had she been there, she'd be yelling at him right now. You're better than him, so act like it! You do the right thing because it's the right thing, not because someone deserves it! Hubert sighed and painfully turned to return to the clearing. The poacher still hadn't moved, staring at the oncoming wave of destruction he had unleashed. Hubert landed beside the wagon, wincing as his injured wing complained again. Desperately, he grabbed the poacher, and in a flash of inspiration, the basket containing a dozen more explosive arrows. As Hubert leaped once more into the air, the poacher writhed in Hubert's grip. What are you doing, you miserable dragon? Let me go! Hubert groaned as his injured wing complained shrilly at the extra weight of the poacher. Dimly, Hubert was aware of the wagon and crossbow crushed by the wave of boulders tearing through the forest. The remaining arrow, still loaded in the crossbow, exploded with a muffled thump. Hubert struggled to stay aloft, to rise above the river of crashing rock and earth below him that still showed no sign of slowing down. Boulders as large as houses tumbled down the mountain, carried along by the landslide, bouncing through the trees like wrecking balls. As Hubert rose higher, he realized a massive landslide would continue through the forest until it reached the little village where Elizabeth lay, feeble and sick. The town would be destroyed. Hubert imagined the giant boulders carried along through the town as it destroyed houses and shops, leaving only rubble behind it. Did the townspeople even know they were in danger? They could hear the rumble and grumble of the landslide, surely, but they would have no idea how much danger they were in. They wouldn't know they were doomed until it was already upon them. Hubert had to do something. Painful electric shocks coursing through his injured wing, he dove downwards towards the leading edge of the landslide as it slid towards the village. Okay, just a little further. Get in front of the wave. Hubert was losing height, his injured wing unable to keep him aloft. He passed over the crest of the wave of earth. The poacher yelped as his feet passed just overhead the tumbling mass of rock and dirt. Past the wave now, he spied a dry riverbed, a wide flat path that led away from the village. Skimming low, only seconds in front of the wave of earth, Hubert threw all the remaining arrows to the ground. The resulting explosion hurled Hubert and the poacher into the air. Rising upwards, buffeted by the force of the blast, Hubert lost his grip on the poacher. Tumbling wildly in the air, Hubert blindly reached out with a long claw until he snagged a piece of fabric. Once caught, he pulled the poacher in close, shielding the limp form against his scaly body. Hubert squeezed his eyes shut and braced for impact. The first thing Hubert noticed was cheering. In the distance, he could hear the whooping and hollering of the relieved villagers, their little town saved from the landslide. The next thing he noticed was a length of rope around his neck. He opened his eyes and found the poacher before him, dirty and blackened from the explosion and rough landing. Rivulets of sweat trickled down his face, making light-colored marks that trailed down from his bald head. About time you woke up. I have to admit I am impressed. 
You nearly killed yourself to stop that landslide from destroying the village. I couldn't figure out why you'd want to go to all that trouble to save a bunch of humans. Those humans have done nothing for you, so why save them? But there is one human worth saving, isn't there? The little girl. The little girl was with you when we last met. Does she live in that village? You would do anything to save her, wouldn't you? Well, you had better be reasonable and come with me quietly. Or that little girl will pay the price for your misbehavior. Rage swelled within the young dragon. The poacher dared threaten Elizabeth. All of what the poacher had done, capture him, scare him, paled compared to the offense he was committing now. Fury gathered in his belly as he watched the poacher tie his ropes. Hiding the pain still coursing through his body, Hubert eased himself up until he towered over the poacher. He could feel the rage burning inside him, swelling like an explosion only just contained. With one quick movement, he lunged at Carstairs, knocking him to the ground. Pressing a heavy foot on the poacher's chest, Hubert leaned in close until his blunt snout bumped against the poacher's face. Don't you ever come near my friend. If you do so much as step a foot in that little village, I will rain down upon you real terror like you've never known. I may not have dragon fire, but I'm not afraid of you. I'm tired of being afraid, and I'm tired of hiding. It's time you met a real dragon. Hubert reared back and still pinning the poacher to the ground, snarled, bearing fangs as long as the poacher's hand. Hubert lunged forward, and his sharp teeth clanged together like a bear trap, hair's breadth above the poacher's bald head. The poacher's eyes bulged, and for the first time, real fear showed in his eyes. He did not understand the dragon's words, but the meaning was clear. As the young dragon stepped back and released his grip from the poacher, he struggled to stand. His legs seemed to have become rather weak, and he stumbled as he tried to move away from Hubert. Uh, do you know what? I think it's time I gave up this line of work. Perhaps something a little less dangerous. I've heard knitting is fun. Maybe, maybe some needlepoint. On shaky legs, the poacher turned and, in a wandering fashion, walked away from Hubert towards the distant mountains. Hubert watched the poacher walk away, a small smile turning his leathery face. Then his golden eyes rolled backwards and Hubert fell to the ground, unconscious. It was nearly dark by the time Hubert made his way to Elizabeth's house. Despite the late hour, it was still oppressively hot, but it was quiet in the village. Most of the townspeople had gone to bed, and only an occasional owl disturbed the silence. His parents would be furious when he returned home. It was far past his bedtime, but he couldn't go home yet. Battered and beaten and worn, the dragon limped behind the row of houses until he could smell his friend. As quietly as he could, Hubert edged along the back wall until he found an open window. Inside, bathed in moonlight, he found Elizabeth's small form laying on her bed. Her sweat-soaked skin gleamed in the light. Uh, Elizabeth? Elizabeth slowly opened her eyes and forced a thin smile. Hubert! You came! What took you so long? I've had a busy day. Did you go for... <coughs> Esmeralda? Did she help you with your fire breathing? Nah, I didn't go see her. You know what? I don't really need to breathe fire. I do just fine without it. After all, I have fire in my heart, right? That is the goofiest thing I've ever heard. Hubert's smile faded as Elizabeth closed her eyes again. She moaned softly as the fever burned its way through her small form. Hubert carefully eased his head through the window and exhaled gently on his friend. Hubert's cool breath wafted over Elizabeth like a salve on a burn, and he saw Elizabeth relax in her sleep as she delighted in the cool air. 
Her ragged breathing evened out and a small sigh escaped her parched lips as she finally drifted into a long, deep sleep. Hubert rested his blunt snout on Elizabeth's bed and gazed over at his friend. I never really had a friend before. I always thought that if I had someone I could really call a friend, I, I wouldn't be afraid anymore. But I don't need someone else to make me brave. You taught me that. And I don't need dragon fire either. I don't want to waste my life looking for something that'll make me into a real dragon. I, I am a real dragon, fire or no. And as time I started acting like one. Elizabeth shifted in her sleep, her fever alighting again like coals it just won't extinguish. Hubert breathed in deeply and exhaled another long, cool breath on the little girl. It was going to be a long night. It was several days before Elizabeth was well enough to visit their clearing in the woods. She walked slowly along the worn trail to the clearing to find Hubert curled up contentedly in the grass, his long tail wrapped around his emerald body. He opened an eye and peered at Elizabeth as she approached. Good morning. Feeling better, are we? Yep, much better. Though Mom doesn't want me to stay out here too long. I just wanted to come out here and say hi. Hi. Do you want to sit? Elizabeth gratefully eased herself down into the cradle of Hubert's front legs and leaned against his soft, leathery scales. Did you know there was a big landslide just outside of our town? It nearly destroyed the entire village. At the last minute, the landslide changed direction and followed an old, dry riverbed. Just barely missed the town. Wow, that must have been scary. I know. I missed the whole thing because I was sick. But half the mountain must have fallen away. You were really sick, huh? Yeah, but I'm okay now. As hot as it's been, I just couldn't get over the fever. My fever finally broke a couple of nights ago when we finally had some cool weather. I had some weird dreams, though. I dreamt you came to the house and poked your head through the window. Really? That's weird. Yeah, weird. It was a nice dream, though. Well, I should be getting back. Mom made me promise to stay only a few minutes. Elizabeth stood and brushed the grass from her dress and turned to the path leading to the edge of the clearing. I'm glad you're feeling better. Elizabeth suddenly turned and rushed to Hubert. She flung her arms around his neck and buried her face into the warm, leathery folds of his skin. Thank you. Thank you for what? Just thank you. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Returning to her path through the wildflowers that blanketed the open clearing, Elizabeth began skipping lightly. Sunlight spilled through her wavy golden hair and illuminated their white dress. Hubert thought she looked like an angel come to play among the flowers. She called over her shoulder at Hubert. Oh, my mom also told me that a ferocious green dragon tried to sneak into town and eat old lady Pilkington. I hope that wasn't you. You know how eating people upsets your belly. Hubert smiled to himself and when he was sure Elizabeth was out of sight, slowly rose to his feet. The iridescent scales that covered his sides and belly were mottled and dark an enormous bruise that covered his entire body. Limping slowly through the clearing in the opposite direction, careful to protect his injured wing, Hubert started the long walk back up the mountain to his home. Written and read by Michael Taylor Additional voices provided by Jackie Lazon, Natalie Swerda, Jen Sidlowski, and Monique Parker.
This story and audio reading is protected by the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported License. This means that you are welcome to share this audio with others, but you cannot alter the audio nor use it for commercial purposes. Please subscribe to Story Hour Audio on iTunes or visit www.storyhouraudio.com for other exciting Story Hour adventures.